Greetings, mountain bikers, and welcome to episode number three of the MTB Jumper podcast, the weekly audio show featuring interviews with extraordinary riders, coaches, and industry leaders. We talk about downhill, dirt jumping, free ride, park and street, strength and fitness, digging and building, and much more. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Norman Peterson. This week, I've got Chris Olivier of PSBMX.com. We talk about the creation, development, and running of his incredible mountain biking website. We discuss his origins with bikes and riding. He shares powerful skill development tips, and he talks about the bike that should not exist. What's that mean? <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. All right, let's get into it right now. Chris Olivier of PSBMX.com. Enjoy. Chris Olivier, uh, it's great to have you on the show. And usually I start with, with your beginnings as a writer, but I thought we'd put PSBMX at the top. Sound good. Cool. And man, going through your website, that is, it's awesome. The, the amount of, uh, of content on there is really incredible. And it's plussizebmx.com, yes? Correct. Yep. And it's also at psbmx.com if you don't want to uh, do all that typing. <laughs> Smart. That's a good way to do it. Just forwarded both of them. So what are the seeds of, of plus size BMX? Well, the way it started is I uh, grew up with BMX. I've basically been into BMX since BMX was a thing um, at various levels uh, for more years than I like to think back about. Um, <laughs> and I kind of got burned out on BMX a little bit as I got older and uh, discovered downhill racing. So I started racing uh, downhill mountain bikes quite a bit in the 90s, uh, mid to late 90s, um, all over the U.S., cool. uh, back in the good old Norba days. <laughs> sure, um, sure. And then I kind of got a little burned out on the race side of things, um, mostly because people were taking it so seriously. They, uh, you know, none of us were out there earning a living. We're all just trying to have fun, be weekend warriors or whatever. And I, I just got a little... Uh, just kind of got overwhelmed with people throwing helmets and get into fist fights and silly stuff like that. So I kind of bowed out of the racing thing. And I still, of course, had a, a passion for uh, riding. So I uh, kind of tried to get back into BMX a little bit and it just didn't feel comfortable after spending so many years and so many hours on a downhill bike. So I uh, bought my first uh, dirt jumper, which was the old GT Ruckus one of the first complete dirt jumpers of the kind of modern era ones. And, I remember uh, it. Yeah, yeah, the blue one. I still have a picture of it somewhere, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it had a ridiculous seat and build on it, but don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't hold me responsible for that. It was, it was good back in the day. Um, <laughs> and then uh, as I got into uh, the dirt jump scene, I, I really found a lot of love for it and a lot of passion for the scene. And there was not a lot of information going on about um, kind of the dirt jump, park, street, mountain bike, freestyle thing. Um, so I looked more and more to try and find who was doing anything about it. And there was always uh, Adam and the guys running Thrash Bike on the East Coast, but nothing really heavily covering just the free, uh, freestyle side of mountain biking. So uh, I gave some thought to it. And uh, eight years ago, almost to, well, to the month, eight years ago, I launched Plus Size BMX Online. Wow. Wow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Okay. We don't have to tear into the website too much because I'll put that in show notes and people can, can go over there and take a look. Um, I've, I've got a, I actually have one business question. 
There's so much, like I said, there's so much content on there. Do you have a team? We do have a crew. It's always expanding and uh, getting kind of changing. It's been pretty fluid over the years, but currently my main uh, guy is Matt Szechowski out of uh, Warsaw, Poland. Uh, super good guy okay. who really loves the scene and action sports in general. We also have uh, Leo Gumbach from uh, Croatia, another great rider who really loves the scene. He's doing some great stuff uh, in Europe this year. Um, they are kind of my main two guys that help out. And then we have a bunch of other people that are involved uh, writing columns, uh, producing content, and uh, just kind of helping promote the scene as much as, as much as we can. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, it's a, you, you've mentioned that your, your uh, viewership is mostly European. How did that happen? Well, I don't know if it's kind of split between Europe and U.S., but uh, we definitely have a lot more. I feel we have a lot more kind of a hardcore fans in Europe. Um, Okay. And I think that's mostly because the the scene is uh, in some ways a little more hardcore there. It's a little tighter knit. A lot more people uh, kind of know each other. It's kind of like how Europe is in uh, sports scenes. Um, And we've always had a good presence and a lot of good riders supporting us over there. So um, we're always proud to be, uh, you know, proud of our European fans. And every time we go over there, it's a, it's a good time. Uh Uh-huh. And, and as far as distribution of rider uh, or bike styles, is it, is it split between BMX and, and 26 inch or, um, what, what's the what's the distribution? What's the split up? On content, we pretty much do, a, I would say, at least 80% uh, is mountain bike. Um, okay. BMX, we try to just cover like the hottest edits, the ones that really uh, get us stoked on dirt jumping or just the latest, newest tricks. I mean, BMX is definitely the root of all of the riding we do and what we love. So we uh, definitely want to give a nod and support that part of the scene as much as possible. But um, we're really about the mountain bike freestyle and free ride side side of bikes. Cool. Okay, that's great, man. That's and it's a great website, and and um, I highly encourage you to you the listener to go go check it out because uh, it's it's really it's really great. So okay, let's get into your your biking DNA. What what um what was your first uh, your first BMX bike? My first BMX bike was the Huffy Pro Thunder 5. It was one of the wow. Stu Thompson signature models from Target. <laughs> gotcha. Classic. Um, Yellow and black frame pads. I've looked yeah. at, at it on a bmxmuseum.com a few times. Uh, <laughs> that's great, man. So, and as far as that goes, so and then you were, you were um, racing early on in BMX? Um, I was never really into racing. I raced BMX, I think, two or three times. And it's kind okay. of the boring old story that I didn't really like being told when I could ride or wear and such. So I yeah. uh, really, really found myself drawn to the freestyle street park side of things. Gotcha. And as far as progressive riding, when did you when did you kind of realize that that was that was going to be your thing? I mean, versus cross country or something like that. Um, I think that happened to me pretty early on. It's probably just a personality thing more than anything, which I think is true 
to, for most riders that would be asked that question. Um, you know, I'm not a team sport kind of guy. Um, again, I don't like being told when I have to practice or when I have to compete or do anything like that. I just want to go out and have fun with some friends and uh, see how good I can be on a bike. Um, I've always been more into technical riding and kind of the, I guess, odd or more tech skill type riding than just uh, jumping uh, as far as I can. And that just really, really fits into the freestyle side of things uh, compared to racing. Sure. Sure. So, and the, and the street stuff and all that. Yeah. It takes a lot more focus, a lot more uh, dedication to getting those skills down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I feel. And this might make some people angry, but I feel anybody that is able-bodied can go out and pedal enough to go do a cross country race or a road race um, and do those kind of things. But it definitely takes um, a lot more bike control and a certain level of skill to uh, even do the simplest of tricks. And that's always been far more intriguing to me than just pedaling a bunch. Yeah. Well, I think the only people that are going to be angry about that are going to be cross country riders (laughs) (laughs) who aren't, who aren't interested in jumping or doing tricks and, Oh, anyway. And I've um, pissed them off before, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, every sport has its divisions, right? <laughs> no doubt about and, that in cycling. Yeah, and even even um it, you know, in in dirt jumping and and uh freestyle there's a pretty big division between BMX and mountain biking. Um although yeah. There is, but I, I definitely, in our eight years, I've seen that change a lot. I mean, I uh-huh. remember the first time seeing an edit with uh, Andre Ulacondigi on uh, on the BMX sites. Um, and that was, I think that was some sort of milestone when I saw that happen. Um, and that's also yeah. another reason I think that we have so many um, hardcore fans in Europe and outside the U.S. is they don't have a lot of those same prejudices um, that seem to exist in the U S bike scene outside of the U S they are far more open to just what is cool and admitting it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. And that might have something to do with the, uh, the street trials scene and trials in general in Europe versus here. It's much smaller here. True. True. They, they appreciate that kind of uh, riding and uh, athletic effort a lot more. Interesting. So, as far as as uh, the development of those skills, uh, um, you know, every discipline, every sporting discipline has its concept of basics, and that is the things, the foundational things that one must know to to be to get good at a sport. And I'm just curious as to what you think those are for for progressive and freestyle um. mountain biking. You know, as far as like the the basic elements that really help people progress, I think it's learning how to pump correctly and learning how to take corners is a big help too, (laughs) especially on the free ride side of things. When I I work with people that are new to that, corners are always the trickiest part. But, um, you know, just in jumping and, you know, getting in some fun, good laps at your local track or a bike park, I think uh, the number one thing is just learning how to pump correctly. And how would you define that? That's really hard to define in on a podcast. Um, <laughs> in words, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, to lay out without actually showing people. But, you know, 
the way I usually describe to people is the most important thing you can remember is that your legs are a lot, a lot stronger than your arms. So you want to use them as much as possible when you're jumping to get that pump down on the lip or coming in off the landing, getting ready for the next jump. You got to use your legs a lot more than your arms to um, make it successful and keep the flow going. Yeah. You could tire yourself out a lot faster by pumping with your arms and upper body. Doesn't do quite as good a job. Yeah. And then there's the, just the fact of, of needing your upper body to be relaxed and ready to control the bike. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you see happens. I think the most off, most often with, um, beginning riders is just being so tense and, uh, kind of letting, letting the bike take control of where you're going instead of, uh, the other way around. And that is, like you Mm -hmm. said, that's where making sure you focus on using your stronger muscles and your lower body more really helps and allows your upper body to stay focused, relaxed, to really control the bike and keep it going. And uh, where do you think that uh, skills like uh, bunny hops and manuals come into play? They're extremely important. Um, those are probably the next building blocks after learning to pump. Um, okay. They you know, everyone needs to learn how to bunny hop. Everyone should learn to manual. I probably need to learn to manual better. I've never had a good manual button. I keep searching for an upgrade on my Manny button. It just isn't out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, manuals and bunny hops are definitely the, the, the next step after just kind of getting rolling around and going through pump tracks, which pump tracks are, are awesome. I think it's really, really good to see so many popping up all around the world. As far as public yeah. pump tracks, um, I don't think we as a bike industry do nearly enough to promote that kind of riding because it's an amazing gateway to get people into cycling of all types, uh, mountain bikes, BMX, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really cool to see, but I don't really see a much focus being given to it as a gateway just to get people excited about the sport. Yeah. And by pump tracks, you mean like small circular uh tracks or do you mean like the more the bigger traditional bmx tracks with the real wide berms and stuff no more of the smaller community type parks a lot of stuff like the guys uh, velo solutions are building um a lot more or less the pump tracks you're seeing where are they at velo Velo solutions is out of switzerland but they've done tracks in washington oklahoma um all over the europe i think their most famous build is probably their monster track they built in zurich which is just absolutely amazing oh cool yeah so so yeah pump track so the thing is i actually have i mean i don't have any bmx background at all but there's there's a an open public bmx track in my uh in my town and um I, I've never gone and used it. It looks tempting. <laughs> and sometimes it, and sometimes it's completely empty. And I could see having those real wide uh, rollers, you know, followed by optional roller jumps and tabletops could be a good skill building. Uh, oh, absolutely. Scene. BMX racing is um, a great way to kind of get into the sport. And if you have a local track that's not locked up, um, it's definitely yeah. a good place to go and uh, – just kind of get some laps in and it will definitely build your skills, whether you race cross or ride down the sidewalk or whatever you do. BMX um, tracks will massively improve your, your handling and control on a bicycle. They're, they're super great um, and it's fun. 
Good to know. I will go do it. (laughs) All right. Let me know how it goes. I'm awesome. sure everyone's going to hear my dog whining in the background. Oh, that's okay. Thanks, th- and thanks for mentioning it. I, I keep I keep looking for an opportunity to mention it. But <laughs> yep, that's that's <laughs> that's the dog. What what kind of dog you got? That is the dog. Um, she is mostly a Basenji. Her wow. name is uh, Addie mm-hmm. or Adelaide. Mm-hmm. She's getting pretty old. She thinks she's a puppy, but she's like 13 or so. Wow, been around a while. Yeah, cool. Trail dog? No, not anymore. She's Not definitely an outside dog. I take her hiking. Uh, my wife and I take her on most of our hikes with us, and she pulls us the whole way and then sleeps for a week. So she, <laughs> she's definitely an outside dog, but um, a, a little too old to be called a trail dog anymore. So so I'm sorry, you are in which town in Colorado? Um, I'm based, I'll say I'm based in Colorado. I'm in Colorado Springs right this moment, but we're about to, to move up into the mountains, um, to be nice and close to a trestle bike park this summer. So, um, Ah. we will be based in a town no one's heard of called Tabernash, Colorado very soon. Okay. My next question was going to be, where are your, what are your favorite trails and or parks in your area? Um, pretty much. I like any, uh, spot I'm riding. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I like riding a ton of different spots. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have a lot of favorites, but um, until summer free ride season comes around, and then I am, um, this is kind of a shameless plug for these guys, but I really like riding at Trestle Bike Park, um, which cool. is Winter Park, Colorado. I think they've okay. done a really good job in uh, making a really inviting and fun um, atmosphere for riders, and the trails are super fun. Um, there's definitely some places that offer a little more technical uh, opportunities that I also like to ride a lot more, like Angel Fire in our region, even Keystone um, are both really good. But uh, Trestle is still kind of our home base, I think, for all of our summer free ride activities. Which takes us to Outlaws of Dirt. All right. Yeah. Outlaws of Dirt. It's our um, BMX and mountain bike dirt jump contest that we've been running for I think we're going into our eighth summer of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, we started at the Lions Outdoor Games um, in Lions, Colorado, here on the Front Range, pretty close to Boulder, um, as part of the uh, Oscar Blues Burning Can Beer Festival, which is pretty awesome. Okay. Not much better than uh, combining bikes and beers, we all know. So it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been our kind of our annual party each summer here in Colorado, and we're excited to keep it going and. We're also going to be expanding it um, again this year. We've done Outlaws stops in the past in California, New York, Colorado, and Washington State. Um, And we're going to be expanding them out again this year with two in Colorado and two in um, yet-to-be-announced locations, um, which will both also be in the the western part of the U.S., but we're not quite ready to announce those yet. So, and this year it's... uh or the the one that is announced so far is June. Sorry, I'm looking for it on the page, but yeah, I'm... it's June third um, this year at Lions at the um, again at the Oscar Blues Burning Can Beer Festival is uh, is part of the Lions Outdoor Games, and that's at on June third um, mm-hmm. coming up here in a little over about a month and a half, two months, month and a half, I guess. Um, in, yep. in Lions, and it's going to be a super good time. The Burning Can Beer Festival is uh, awesome. Um, we're kind of the main event before the live bands um, and all the nighttime entertainment starts. So it's always a good party. And 
we've attracted so many great riders over the years that I've uh, really appreciated the support from. Um, and I'm sure this year will be uh, no different. I know we have, uh, for one, we have Josh Holt coming out, um, who's also going to be building the jumps and uh, the course for us this year. We also have a wow. local MTB pro, DJ Brandt, who uh, is a pro from Mongoose, will be out competing uh-huh. again this year. So um, we always have a good time. And and what's the distribution on that of BMX to MTB? Um, at the contest, we definitely are are mtb heavy um it's definitely our scene and that scene is just crazy in colorado um it's huge um we got i always have to remind myself that not everyone is as fortunate as we are in colorado with our bike scene Um, but we have definitely um at least 70 percent of the riders are mountain bike riders okay yeah there's a you've got a video up from 2016 that's really cool and i will put that in show notes Awesome. Yeah, it's a super fun yeah. event. Shout out to Connor Tule for uh, the video. He kills it. Great guy. What was his name again? Connor Tule. Connor Tule. Cool. Uh, let's see. And you're you're going to be announcing it as soon as as soon as I know. I'll update um, your. I'll update this um, episode with details on the other. Cool. Cool. Yeah, the second one we have a location already for the second Outlaws of Dirt this year, and that's going to uh-huh. be at the Ruby Hill Bike Park in Denver. Um, it's okay. about three miles or so south of downtown. It's a the newest public bike park in Colorado. It's an awesome spot. Um, we're just waiting wow. on some some of their construction getting finished up in the surrounding area of the park before we can select our final date. But that'll probably be um, late summer when we do that one. Okay. Let's move on, or I should say, let's move back to some skill related stuff. I'm I'm curious about your some of your writing habits, uh, how, how do you approach new features when you, when you, um, come up on something that is maybe a bit intimidating, um, freaks you out a bit. How do you deal with that? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, there's that, I mean, that's something that happens to everyone. I know beginners always think that they're, they're the only ones who get nervous or afraid out at a spot, but Every rider all the way up to the pros um, get nervous on the terrain they're looking at if there's something different or uh, not quite right going on. Um, Sure. So the way I approach it is definitely on the side of caution compared to a lot of riders, partially because of age. Um, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not one to go huck myself if, uh, if the risk isn't worth it, but um, if I'm say I'm going down a new free ride trail, I don't know. I'm definitely going to take my time and, um, uh, maybe walk a few features or look over some lines, um, the first couple times down, uh, just to see what, what is on the other side of that lip, how far I need to go, give it a little more thought. Um, and I find that makes it a lot easier, a lot safer, keeps you on your bike a lot more. Um, so I always encourage people to, uh, Never feel, never to never hesitate to walk a section or to give it some thought before they um, hit hit a line. Yeah. So in other words, take your time. <laughs> exactly. Again, just like I said about racing, is you know, we none of us are out there paying our mortgage or our car payments or our kids' tuition or whatever um, that day riding. So what we have nothing really to prove. Um, I think the goal of any rider who's not 
um, out there doing it for a living is to stay safe so you can ride yet another day. That's great advice for for people of all ages and and all stages, right? Of uh, of riding. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there's yeah. definitely a part of riding where you have to push your limits. You can't stay safe all the time, but that doesn't mean it's an uncalculated risk. Um, it makes yeah. sense to give it some thought and make sure you're comfortable with something before you do send it, or at least try a line or a gap or or, or line at the dirt jump park or whatever it is. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, moving on to equipment, I'm just curious what, uh, and I'm sure other people are, what, what do you like to ride? That's really hard. Cause I have, I have a lot of bikes that I love to ride. Um, and they're kind of all over the map right now. My main bike, um, as far as a dirt jumper is the, um, BTL bike 702, which is, okay. um, a rider owned company out of Taiwan. Um, and they're not just made in Taiwan. That's actually a Taiwan-based rider-owned company. My buddy Cole Sang owns and operates. Um, and honestly, I think it's one of the best um, aluminum dirt jumpers I've ever ridden. It's super fun all-around bike. I'm super excited about it. We've been working on a review for that that we'll be dropping on PSBMX.com here fairly shortly. Just uh, now that uh, Mother Nature is cooperating in Colorado, we'll get that out pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I've really been happy with that bike. I've been on steel for the most part ever since I started riding dirt jumpers. But um, this one has definitely convinced me to um, to stick on alloy for a while. It's just such a great responsive frame. Cool. And is that a, a dedicated dirt jumper frame or is it uh, meant for for street trials as well or what's the um it's pretty much a dedicated mtb freestyle type frame um cole rides a lot of street and park um not as much dirt but i've rode this frame on street park dirt jumps i even took it on some light duty public quote-unquote downhill type trails at a place called the erie single track um at pretty high speed kind of for a public park high speed trails and it performed really well in all of those areas. Sounds like a cool bike. So yeah. what are you riding for uh, for a geared bike? Um, I have a few, <laughs> mm-hmm. as you can probably uh-huh. imagine, various things. Yeah. One of the bikes I've been having a ton of fun on in the last um, six months or so is the SE Bikes OM Duro, which is okay. a ridiculous bike that probably shouldn't exist. Um, and I hope Todd Lyons hears that and hears me say it because it is a ridiculous bike that shouldn't exist, but it's insanely fun to ride. It's a fully rigid okay. 27 and a half plus wheeled BMX bike with a one by 10 drivetrain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been riding on a lot of our local uh, mountain bike trails here in Colorado Springs, uh, including the shoots, Captain Jack's for those who know the trails around here. And it's been okay. ridiculously fun. It definitely forces you to pick the right line, um, being a fully yeah. rigid bike. Um, mm-hmm. But it's super fun. And every rider you pass says something about it. And it's usually, it's like, <laughs> holy cow, that bike is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'll, I'll put some info in show notes about this bike, which should not exist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like I said, I hope Todd hears that. But he knows. Yeah. He knows it. But they're killing it with those bikes. It's super fun. 
And then as far oh, as my awesome. big bike, um, I've been on a Mongoose booter for the last couple of years uh, for my okay. downhill free ride bike. And uh, I'm super excited with that. I started um, racing downhill on the um, Specialized S-Works um, back when okay. uh, when Napalm, when Sean Palmer was riding that bike. Um, yeah. And the new Mongoose booter uses the Horst Link and is very similar to the older S-Works um, DH frames. And it just feels super comfortable for me. And I really love the bike. And the fact that you can buy one in a stock form for under $3,000, that's uh, pretty rideable is, is amazing. That's great. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we have any, um, any of the high end mongoose dealers in my area, but, um, yeah, they're mostly, um, good. just direct consumer. Gotcha. So listen, as far as, uh, as far as riders go pros or not, when you think of a rider that blows your mind that you just go, wow, how, how on earth is this happening? Who comes to mind? That's a really loaded question for me. <laughs> Is it? I don't want to play favorites, but there's definitely some guys no, out no. there. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a handful of guys that always blow my mind. Um, a, you got to start with Nikolai Rogatkin. Um, oh, there's yeah. no question about Rogat. that. Hashtag Rogat yeah. King. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt that he is... Um, changing the game and elevating the game of slope style right now. So always amazed to see how he progresses. Um, I remember first meeting him, talking to him. I think we did a little interview with him about his KHE signature BMX bike or very early on in PSBMX history. That's when I first met him when he hadn't even touched a mountain bike yet. And to uh, see the progression and, how hard he works to make that happen is uh, it's impressive and uh, it's fun to watch. Yeah. He, I've, I've been paying very close attention to him as well. I'm sure. I mean, it's the rest of the world has the last couple of years. I've noticed just recently that he is spending a lot of time in um, Red Bull Rampage territory. Yeah. He's out there with uh, um, Ethan Nell is part of his crew okay. and Ethan lives out in Utah. Uh, oh, gotcha. And so Ethan, uh, Nikolai, uh, DJ Brandt. Um, I know Nick Hilton and some, a few of the other guys kind of come in and out of the, that little crew of guys. And they've been spending a lot of time out in rampage, um, hmm. on the new site and the old site, getting their game on, on that and following those guys on Instagram and seeing what they come up with each, each week, new lines and yeah. new tricks on those lines. Again, that that's the generation that's going to change the game, the next level and bring it up even higher. Um, Nikolai's already done it for slope style. And now that whole crew is probably going to be there for free ride. I know they're also getting ready for um, black Sage um, coming up in a little over a week, which is going to be um, the fest series stop hosted by um, I think Kyle and uh, Carson Storch are hosting that fest fest series stop in uh, Oregon on the 24th. Um, so I know they're, they're getting ready, uh, getting amped up on the big bikes for that as well. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That whole fest series thing is really great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Anybody else comes to mind? Oh, a lot of riders that really blow my mind come to mind. 
I know it's tough to because you don't want to play favorites. It's like it's like when they when they uh, they're they're giving thanks at the Oscars, right? And <laughs> they're always going to forget they're always going to forget somebody. But that's not really what this is about. You can you can mention somebody. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just that. so many guys. The the one thing I wish, and what we try to do through Plus Size BMX is get a lot more credit and attention to the guys who are out riding Parkin Street on 26 inch bikes. Um, there's gotcha. not any, no one else really covers that part of the scene other than us. Um, and there's so many guys who are really just absolutely killing it, um, on big bikes like Pascal Blarock, um, Ludwig Yager. I'm sure I'm obliterating their uh, names, but, um, Tom <laughs> Kilcoin from UK, Aiden Horn, Jeremy Manduni, all the rise crew, um, there's so many people out there that are really killing it um, in true BMX style riding on a 26 inch bike. And there's just so little credit really given to that side of the scene. And, it, and it's too bad because I don't know too many people who own a dirt jumper who don't also ride a little, little park now and then, and maybe a little street here and there as well. Sure. Cool. Well, uh, and, and plus size BMX.com is a great resource for all that. And I'll definitely link uh, to some, some videos we'll we'll talk uh about maybe a favorite video or two that you'd like to see me post specifically so that my listeners can can check that out right in show notes sounds good so yeah cool all right anything else you want to cover yeah i can't think of anything in particular that i I really want to talk about i mean i could always find other things but (laughs) we could do a whole episode just on how cool colorado is and how much we have to ride yeah and and uh i i would really love to do a follow up and 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 catch up and just over time you know stay on top of what you're up to and what's going on with yeah. plus size bmx because you've got a great organization um so so yeah looking forward to to future chats awesome cool all right well thank you so much for your time chris and and good luck with the your busy upcoming summer events and we will definitely be following your your career thank you okay folks thanks so much for tuning in to my interview with chris olivier of psbmx.com i had a lot of fun with that chat and i'm looking forward to following chris's career and catching up with him in the near future all right a couple items of business first of all Head over to mtbjumper.com and sign up for weekly updates. You'll get free access to upcoming coolness like exclusive content, stickers and t-shirts, parts giveaways. I'll be announcing more about this soon exclusively to my email list. Go to mtbjumper.com for more details. And finally, next Thursday, I've got Simon Lawton of Fluid Ride. Simon's a world-class coach who's been working with expert riders for years, and I'm here to tell you, He really unloads the gems in this conversation. Seriously, it's a free coaching session that's going to make you want to go jump on your bike and put the stuff he shares right into action. That's next Thursday right here on the MTB Jumper podcast. I will see you then. In the meantime, make time to ride your bike. This is Norman Peterson. Thanks for listening.